The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Messy Mike. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that we that you would normally talk around the pit. As always, I'm joined by Messy Mike. Hello. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. How are you? That's not me. That's it. That is me. I'm you. sorry. Sorry. That's my alarm that you the show's one starting. You have job. You have one job, and yeah. you can't you can't And I don't get do it, it well. No, don't you do, do well. not. Let me share that real quick, then we'll get right into it. Good? Yeah, I'm good. You sure? I'm positive. All right. Yeah, we so we've a- had a little busy day to- for ourselves today. We did. We were prepping, uh, prepping food for tomorrow night. We got bacon. We got moink balls. Moink balls. Which are um, beef meatballs in rub, wrapped in bacon, sauce, smoked. Um, we have... Lollipop um, chicken. Lollipop chicken, which uh, is going to be my first crack at it, but so far so good. It looks good. Um and the pig shots, pig shots, which I was loving. Yes, little slices of kielbasa wrapped in bacon, mm-hmm. thick bacon, so you could fill that shot glass with a little um, with a little uh, cream cheese jalapeno, diced jalapeno, cream cheese, cheddar cheese. So yeah, we, and some rub. And actually, um, I used Ray's rub yeah. <laughs> on that, so it's yeah. phenomenal. Oh, that's great. Yes. Speaking of Ray, yep. I'm done talking to you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, today we've got a special guest joining us, and um, the one, the only, Ray Sheehan of Barbecue Buddha. And hey, guys. What's up, what's up Ray? Ray? How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Doing good. Fantastic. Doing good. How's the weather in New Jersey? Uh, a little cold today. Yep. It's not too bad. It's still grilling weather. Oh, yeah. It's always Every day is weather. grilling weather. That's right. <laughs> At least you're talking to someone in our own, yeah. you know, He can feel the pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, first, congratulations well, first off, on, the, uh, on the first places, on the first place wins in the world hot sauce or the world um, sauce competition. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, so, quick question. What made you – so, are you a chef – Yes. Okay. By trade, yes. Okay, because I see your stuff in the New England, um, the National Barbecue News. Um, I see your, you know, your recipes in there all the time, and they look excellent. So Thanks. I was like, you know, guy must be a chef because the presentation and, and the recipes are just phenomenal. You know. Yeah. Um, My background has been, you know, I, I've always been involved in food. I worked in a lot of different restaurants. Um, I did go to culinary school, but. Uh, you know, that doesn't really teach you everything you need to know. That just teaches you the basics. But uh, so, I, you know, I got to learn from working in a, in, a, in a lot of different places and just paying attention, you know. Now, what made you get into barbecue? I w- always had an interest in barbecue. Growing mm-hmm. up, my grandparents had a farm in Puerto Rico, and um, I used to spend the summers there. And they did a lot of live fire, outdoor cooking there. And uh, just the smell of the burning wood and then, the, you know, having the, the, the food right off of the, the coals. And, uh, you know, it was just always something I was interested in. And I never really had the courage to try. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, for uh, a while, I would go to the bookstore and I would see one of like these barbecue books, I think, by Myron Mixon. 
And uh, I didn't buy it because I didn't know what to do. And uh, my wife gifted me a smoker and the book. And it just got my creative juices flowing. And I started with the, you know, cooking stuff with the smoker. And uh, long story short, I ended up uh, helping out a barbecue team and introducing some rubs and sauces that I was making to them. And um, from there, we did some competition and I got to uh, see what it was like to do a competition. And then I was like, you know, I was hooked. You're hooked. Instantly, you know. <laughs> now, did you start doing competitions with- your your own personal team also or just jump and win with other guys i i just helped out the one team and then i started my own team Mm -hmm. um because the products that i was making were well received it was just one sauce and one rub at the time yeah and um you know basically i wanted to you know every every chef i think at one point wants to bottle or package their something that they make uh, so I decided to make a go of it and, you know, try it. And, uh, I bottled the Memphis mop and the belly rub were the first two products and, uh, to great success with those first two. I mean, uh, way beyond what I had thought ever could have been possible, you mm-hmm. know, really, I'm very grateful and very humbled that, uh, they were as well received as they have been. Oh yeah. I mean, they're the Kansas city barbecue sauce is amazing. It, that's by far my, I mean, and you know, I make a barbecue sauce too, but that by yes. far is one of my favorite barbecue sauces, you know? Um, and like I was saying to John, I used the, um, the belly rub on the, um, the cream cheese, cheddar cheese, diced jalapeno mixture that's going uh, on in the pig shots. Yeah. And I didn't try it. He tried it. And oh, right when you tried it. Phenomenal. Yeah. You could just sit there and literally eat the filling itself. Yeah. It was oh, just wow. so good. I'm sitting around looking for a bag of, uh, bag of nachos or something he goes what do you do i go you can just have this as a dip not not necessarily even the that's what i should do <laughs> you know not even just the the inside filling of mm-hmm. the bacon or the, or even the jalapeno popper itself you could use it on yep you could just use that as a regular dip it was f- fantastic oh yeah yeah i do make a uh, i do make a uh, like a, a taco dip using that seasoning okay it, it, it's low in sodium so it uh I can use that. Like I'll use that in, in when I make turkey chili. You know, great on poultry, uh, but it works well with our other rub, the, the Zen steak the, rub, yep. because that's more of a seasoned salt. So these are work. They work well together on like um, on beef or roasts or steaks. You know that kind of thing. So the so the steak rub is that? Um, would you say that's more of like an SCA comp like a steak competition rub, or is it an all purpose where you can use it on brisket, steak, any type of beef? Yeah, I would say any type of beef, and I have some people that love it on pork chops, and even on tuna steak or uh, swordfish steak. You know, like a, like a heavier, meatier type of fish or meat or meat. Okay. Uh, originally, when I started making it, I was using it on prime ribs and briskets, and I'm like, you know what? Let me try this on a steak or a burger. Mm-hmm. Um, really great on a smash burger with all that crust. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. And let me just say this: that means a lot coming from Mike because. Uh, I mean, I've tried your stuff too, and it's wonderful. And the fact that you, uh, you know, can appreciate uh, my products, uh, it, it's very humbling because, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're. I look up to to you and the things that you've accomplished as well. So I oh, appreciate uh, it. Thank you, thank you. And and that's crazy. We've never met. No. You know, but I consider you a good friend. 
um, you know, and there's times where, like at the National Barbecue Association, the conventions, um, I want to say it was in Jacksonville when um, your the Memphis Mop won first place. Um, oh, uh, Fort Worth, I think. Fort Worth, yeah, okay, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. And, and I have to say, when I when I got the message from you mm-hmm. uh, that I won something, I was like, I've forgotten what day that the contest was. I didn't I didn't realize that the awards were going to be that night or that day. And uh, I'm like, really? I'm, I'm thinking to myself, maybe he's mistaken. And you're like, no, I'm here. And you won first place. And I'm like, no way. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking right here. Uh, <coughs> I hate to call it a laundry list because this is, this is no way, shape, or form a laundry list. No. You know, we have, you know. Uh, Divisional Barbecue Sauce Championship, World Hot Sauce and Barbecue Sauce 2018. First place, World Hot Sauce and Barbecue Sauce Memphis category. First place, Vinegar category. First place, National Barbecue Association Awards of Excellence, Texas. First place, Awards Vinegar category. And, you know, the the, the list goes goes on on. and on. Then there's this little one that just catches my eye that I... uh, Quick question of what was the feeling like to get the call on this one? The American Royal Best Sauce on the Planet contest. Yeah, that now have you ever been present when you've won? No. Really? Okay. No. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we we did very well at the American Royal Best Sauce on the Planet contest for the Kansas City sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean that's a huge honor. Just you know, that's like out of, uh, what was it, like almost 140 sauces yeah. uh, to finish, uh, I think we were 11th. I mean, that's that's amazing to me. That You yeah, know, I, I, you know I, I'm very grateful. And, uh, you know, we work hard to make these products uh, consistent and to make them without any kind of artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, no MSG, no high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm competing against the big boys in, in all these contests. Let me tell you for this world hot sauce award thing, I happen to be looking today at um, who did we go up against? Um, and, and for the vinegar category, well, the, the number two and number three sauces were the best sauce on the planet last year at the American Royal. Wow. wow. And then the number three sauce. So, uh, at least we're in the ballpark. We're, you know, we're we're uh, we're in the game. Oh yeah. And and taste is very subjective. So I know that uh, you know it could. It's it's just like it's just like doing a barbecue competition. Uh, it can be anybody's day, anytime, and you just got to do your best and put the best product out there. Oh yeah, depends on, depends how the judges are feeling that day. Right. You know? But and that's I mean and that's something for you. I mean you're from New Jersey. And yeah. you make a Kansas City barbecue sauce that comes in first place in Kansas City. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's excellent. I mean, That's I went great. to the I went to the American Royal a couple of years ago. Um, I entered, you know, when I when I did um, the I entered my spicy sauce, and mm-hmm. I went because I entered my sauce. But um, you know, I just I just wanted to see the whole. Deal. You have the whole experience. And I mean, it is huge. It's amazing. I mean, and you know, and, and you probably see this all the time. When you go to a barbecue competition, the people are so nice and welcoming. Oh, yeah. 
and it's basically like a big party, on, you know, except when you're actually, you know, competing and prepping. Right. But everything else is ba- a big party, and you're seeing your friends every weekend or every couple of weeks. Uh, I just want to make a correction. Our, the Kansas City sauce came in 11th out of 134. Oh, okay. So, but it wasn't first place, but maybe maybe next year. You know? No, definitely. I mean, I came in – when I entered the spicy, I came in uh, – I think it was 39th, you know, and I was happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, and, 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 and a couple years ago, uh, I I think two years ago, the, the same sauce came in, you know, in the 60s, mm-hmm. and, you know, out of 120. So, you know, taste is very subjective. You never know, but that's why I said we, we just have to produce a consistent product and one that we can stand behind and and just hope for the best when you enter these contests. Uh, like I said, I'm very grateful and very fortunate that we finished the way we have. Um, and but but that also helps to sell the products. I mean, you know, uh, you make your own sauce, Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the easiest thing in the world. You really got to move a lot of sauce to to make it. You oh, know? Yeah. So but it's very expensive. It it's very expensive. And if you don't know what you're doing, you know, it's it's kind of like car dealerships. If if a store likes someone better than you or they have a better relationship, then they can say that they want to take your product over, you know, or this product over your product. So if you really don't have a broker and someone that's kind of on your side that know what they're doing, you can, you can waste a lot of money and, and, you know, bad things can happen. (laughs) You know, I, I distribute the majority of my own products. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're in about 90 stores. Now I have one distributor that puts us in about 20 stores in uh, you know New York and Long Island, uh, but and, and then I ship some of them. But the majority of them, I'm driving around yep. and I'm going to these stores. I'm knocking on doors, and once we get into a store, I do in-store demos to to sell the product, and I'm building it one customer at a time, and that's what it takes. Oh yeah, if you don't have a broker. Yep. Now, are you in any? Um, are you in like mostly specialty stores and local stores, or are you in any supermarkets? Mostly uh, specialty stores, butcher shops, uh, a lot of uh, IGAs, which is the Independent Grocers Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, so independent food markets, specialty stores, and butcher shops. That's the primary. I'm in some olive oil stores as well because we have a nice glass bottle, so it it, it shows really nice, uh, you know, on the shelf. Nice. Um, now, did you did I'm you sorry, choose? Um, so when I was being told about making sauces and you know going over all product details um i was told to put it in a glass bottle one because it looks a little classier two um the product will hold up better than in a plastic bottle um you know yes year wise and then also a metal cap instead of a plastic cap because it'll uh, make the product fresh longer as well Is that- i i would i would think so yeah i mean that those are basically the same things that i was told uh, although my bottler switches kind of back and forth between the different caps, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what they have available. But uh, I think most of the time lately we've been using the metal. Okay. And, and it does hold up better to me. I mean, I, I'm i not going to argue with winning contests. You know what I mean? No, like exactly. You can put it in a plastic thing all day long. Um, it does kill you on shipping. Uh, and then you have to, you know, worry about breakage. You just have to wrap them really well if you're shipping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does add a little bit more weight, 
But those are trade-offs that I'm willing to take because I feel like I'm trying to differentiate my product from, you know, barbecue is such a crowded category, uh, you know, in, in these stores. It seems like everybody's got a great recipe for barbecue sauce. So there, any way that you can differentiate your product from someone else's, it, you know, you have to, you know, look at all of the uh, pros and cons and see what works for you. But any any way that you can uh, separate yourself from the competition is the way to go. Oh, 100%. Got a, uh, one of our friends, Mike Jordan, has a uh, two-parter for both of you guys. Um, when you guys bottle your own sauce, do you have to put a nutritional facts label on or ingredients label? And the second part is, and how do you get that information to put on there? So, do you want to take this? <laughs> sure. Um, so, the, I mean, my answer would be uh, yes. You you want to have that information on there. FDA requires mm-hmm. specific guidelines to uh, in, how you list your ingredients and what the nutritional facts should look like on the bottle. Correct. What should be like. Like uh, right now, they changed it this year, uh, earlier this year, for um, the calories have to be larger. The number associated to the calories has to be larger. So there's there's specific guidelines you can look up uh, if you go to, uh, you know, the FDA government website, and it'll tell you what the specifics are as far as listing ingredients in what order and uh, what the NutriFacts panel should look like. Uh, and the other question is, uh, I, I, I can't speak for Mike, but for me, my products went through uh, the uh, Food Venture Lab at Cornell. So they provided, for a fee, they provided the NutriFacts that I would list on my bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's correct. Um, if you're looking to, I'd say if you're looking to get a sauce started or you have an, you know, you have a, list of ingredients that you think will work um it's best to find a co-packer and what i did was i looked for the smallest co-packer i could find um just because when you start looking at co-packing and the gallons and the pounds that you need you're you're talking some one serious money right off the bat and two you know where you're going to store it so i i chose a guy who's out of green um greenfield mass and um he does i think the smallest is like 90 gallons um so I chose him. I sent him my recipe. He takes the recipe. He converts it from, I have like ounces and cups. He converts it to grams and, you know, different type of measure. He sends it out to a, a lab. That lab will um, go through the, like Ray said, the nutritional facts and the ingredients list. Um, and then from there, it gets tested for pH levels. And yes. you yeah. want your pH levels um, basically dead nuts in the middle. And then that means, um, and I think dead nuts would be what three point seven. Yeah, it's it's around there. I, oh, okay. I haven't and, looked at that in a long time, so I don't remember. And that's shelf life, okay. you know. And that basically will determine how long it can last in the shelf, and you know, vice versa. So that that goes on your best buy date. Yep. So that goes into the expiration date process of figuring out. How long you have on that? Correct, and like Ray said, the the ingredients label um, is the very first ingredient is what 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 contains the most of, and then the very last ingredient is you know. Oh, so so it actually tears down as the list. 
So you need oh, to get that perfected as well. So my co-packer sat with me and we worked on it, you know, because um, you, one, you're making a label. You're making a lot of labels. You don't want to get it wrong and mess up and have yeah. to do the labels again. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, if you're a new person, uh, new new at making sauce and you're just starting your company, uh, you know, getting a graphic designer that that knows what all of the USDA guidelines are, or the FDA guidelines for labeling is a really huge help. You know, it, it takes the guesswork out of it for you. Yeah, because they'll almost basically line everything up for you. You don't have to give them a template right. or anything. They'll take care of it. Right, like they'll know what what the government is requiring, and it kind of it, it just makes it a little bit easier. And, and And what I say is when you get the proof of your label – Look at it mm-hmm. and then go to sleep and then wake up and look at it again Yes, and go through it line by line. Because when you print thousands of labels, you want to make sure that there's not a, a, a misspelling or a number off milligram. We had a problem one time where the milligrams were supposed to be grams or something like, and we had to reprint and like, oh, it was just a, just. It's, it, a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's yeah, something that you don't want to have is, to do again. It's a nightmare. Now, when you, um. So one mistake I did was when I did my um, the retail rubs, uh, you know, the small jars, I didn't put a decaking agent in. I don't either. Really? Yeah. Okay. But the, the thing with that is I don't put a lot of brown sugar in it either. So yeah. uh, if, if you – I don't and I don't know about yours, but if you have a lot of brown sugar mm-hmm. and you don't dry it out first, that's going to make it cake up. So one thing that you could do is put a little note on the bottle to say, you know, uh, ingredients may settle, give a little tap on the side of the jar that should loosen it up or something like that. Okay. Uh, but, but it, yeah, I don't use an anti-caking agent. There's, uh, there's really nothing. My products are super clean. There's nothing in any of them. There's no, uh, you know, polysorbate or, or any kind of something you can't understand, you mm-hmm. know, can't make out. And that's huge nowadays, too, because with all the allergies, the gluten-free stuff, right? you know, you have nothing, and which so your product is available for, for everybody to enjoy, which is really nice. Because um, that's, I mean, that's one question I get all the time, catering. You know, is it gluten-free, gluten-sensitive, right. nuts, any, you know, all this stuff. So what is this decaking? Decaking? Stuff. So a decaking agent is you can use... um. Um, I believe you can use rice flour as a decaking agent. Uh, yeah, there's a few different things. One of them is uh, a wood a wood product, and one is rice, um, and, and that's to separate all the granules. So this so, way, it, it it flows much smoother so and doesn't. So get your rub's not clumping. Correct. In the bottle. So it flows. I didn't know that. For you. See, yep. I'm learning the ton right now. Yeah, it's a decaking agent. So you don't and. So I'm going off the topic for a minute, and you don't have to give any secrets away. But so you make your own sauces um, and rubs, but you also compete. So, like you said, when you a competition is depending on the judges, depending on the area, you have to kind of change for that flavor profile. Are you using your products, or are you using whatever you think you can win with that competition? I always use my products as at least as the base for everything that I do. Okay. So there are other products out there that I like and yeah, I might tweak something here and there, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I always, you know, use my products and, and I sponsor five different barbecue teams as well. And they use my products. So, um, 
Now, that being said, I do some competitions. I've cut back a little bit just because, uh, you know, for me, I'm really trying to make a go of it as a business. So when I do a competition, I'm spending a ton of money and I love doing it because it's for charity and it's fun. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, I have to be able to feed my family and myself. So I've cut back on some of the competitions and I'm doing more, you know, farmers markets, in-store demos to try to really get the brand out there. And this way I sponsor barbecue teams and I let them go out and, uh, you know, I, and I've done okay at comp competing, uh, and I wouldn't say I'm breaking any records. So I'm having a good time. And, uh, you know, we've done very well, uh, you know, a few times, but, uh, but it's more about marketing the products and having a good time. And like I said, they're all for charity. So, you know, it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause our friend, our friend Mike, he's, um, in the process of starting up a, um, a beef jerky company. So he, oh, had, nice. he actually set, posted a picture of a batch he did last night. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Looks good. Oh, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Doesn't look, it almost looks like the chunk. Yeah. Chunks. Yeah. Instead of the thin. It strips. Oh. Nice. Like, like the nuggets. Now, Ray, do you, um, so instead of uh, not just retails, but do you sell gallons as well? And 18 ounces? I haven't ounces, gotten or? into the gallons yet. I've had some interest. Um, but unlike you, I have a co-packer who's a very large co-packer with uh, large packing capabilities. So as far as the sauces, if I take a run of my sauce, I have to take – it would be a huge run and money for me to sit on. Yep. Um, you know, when you, when you sit on a lot of inventory, you choke your cash flow. And, uh, right now, I mean, my minimums are, you know, I'm upwards of, uh, 220 cases, 225 cases okay. of product, yep. 19 ounce jars. So I want to say their kettle is around 300 gallons. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not filling the kettle just yet, but I'm up, I'm getting there. And to do a run of gallons, uh, they might, I might have to take, so, you know, it just the demand isn't there yet. I'm sure if I did a run of them, I could, you know, I'm sure I could sell them eventually. But, you know, right now I'm just trying to keep the four products I have um, in stock and get I'm ready for the barbecue season. I just took on a couple pallets of the Memphis Mop. So this was actually great timing to win for the Memphis Mop. Uh, we're going to be at the uh, Atlantic City you know, in Atlantic City for, at the showboat for the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Expo coming up oh, oh. on, uh, on uh, March 8th and 9th. Um, if you guys uh, are in the area, swing by. I know it's a little bit of a ways from you, but uh, it's going to be – there's a massive competition there, barbecue uh, S, uh, SCA competition as well. Uh, there's going to be dozens of barbecue vendors. Uh, it's the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Expo at the showboat casino. Okay. Yeah, my um, my buddy uh, Dan Bosworth from Big Dan's Barbecue out of Pennsylvania. He'll be there. Oh, great! Him and Denise are heading down, so that's cool. That's cool. I tell him to stop by the Barbecue Buddha booth. I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> um, so and also, uh, who asked the question, Mike Jordan? Mike Jordan. Um, so and Ray, when you said um, you now have uh, four SKUs. Yes. Um. You want to just explain to Mike what a skew is? So if he is looking into his own sauce and actually getting into stores, um, that's something that you need. And I think sure. so, so a skew, to me, a skew would be a UPC, right? So you go to yes. like GS1. 
So there's two different, there's a couple different places you can get your UPC number. You can, it depends on what your end goal is. If you want to get into the big box stores, uh, my advice would be to go to GS1 mm-hmm. and get uh, your numbers would be, uh, they would be what you would consider clean numbers or unused numbers in consequential order specific to your products. Yes. If you are just going to be selling to um, mostly independent stores and specialty stores, then you can go to easyupc.com and you can buy uh, uh, reused numbers. Uh, Usually you don't run into a problem with that unless you're trying to get into a big box store. The price difference is huge. I mean, I paid like say $20 per SKU per number for mine, but you can pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for them for, you know, for each one, you could pay probably, you know, six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars Yeah. I pay, I pay, um, I have three of them and I pay 50 bucks a year through GS one. Okay. And I think it's anywhere from, I think once you get to like four, then it steps up, you know, more money and then, okay. you know, so on and so on. But yeah, so UPC and SKU is you know is the same. Um, I wish I talked to Ray earlier because I would have went that route instead of the GS one route. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, but, with the with the season coming up, that's right. That 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 could that award couldn't have came at mm-hmm. a better time. I gotta get gotta text t- take someone's temperature. I have to get a couple bottles of that. Now I know you're <laughs> you're big into um you know the MBBQA and um. You know the, the National Barbecue Association, the National Barbecue News. Um, are you planning on going to the convention at all in Kansas City this year, or? You know, I was just looking into flights. Uh, I think it's just going to be out of my reach. Yeah. Uh, I just, like I said, I just picked up uh, a whole load of rubs and uh, two pallets worth of sauce. And I may have to stay home with those and uh, try to move them. But uh, I, I would love to go to. Uh, you know the, the awards of excellence and NBBQA bash in uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That that's that's my goal to get there. You know, well, I think I think it'll come in, a, in if not next year, then very shortly <laughs> after. Yes. Yeah. So Ray, thank you for joining awesome. us. Um, where can everybody find you, social media wise, websites? My website is bbqbuddha.com. It's b bbq. B-U-D-D-H-A dot com. All Perfect. Right. Awesome. All right. Ray, thank you very much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. Thank you so Thanks for, for joining us, Ray. Uh, well, that's it for this week, guys. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your uh, questions and comments to Podcast at gmail.com. On social media, you'll find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, at Pit Life Barbecue and Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Can't catch us live? Find us on iTunes and other podcast carriers. Um, just hit like, share, subscribe. Most importantly, share it with your friends. We keep growing every month. I know I keep saying it, but it, it blows my mind. You know, the new followers every week and every week. So hopefully we're doing something right. Yeah. But, um, we're keeping the smoke rolling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my line. All right, guys. Until next week, Take thanks care. for joining us. Keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.